a team of kids no one wants, a drunk as a head coach, America's greatest pastime, all of this can only mean one thing. We're comparing the Bad News Bears on this episode of Retro vs. Remake. I'm Reggie Parker. And I'm Dan Bulick. Welcome to another episode of Retro, Retro vs. Remake. The podcast where we discuss films and their remakes. Join us as we explore the question, should this remake exist? Today's film is The Bad News Bears. The Bad News Bears, 1976. Starring Walter Matthau, Tatum O'Neill, Jack Erla Haley, Vic Morrow, and Joyce Van Patten. Directed by Michael Ritchie. Screenplay by Bill Lancaster. Music by Jerry Fielding. Bad News Bears, they drop the the, so it's just Bad News Bears 2005, starring Billy Bob Thornton, Greg Kinnear, Marsha Gay Harden, Sammy Kane Craft, and Jeffrey Davis. Directed by Richard Linklater. Screenplay by Glenn Ficara and John Requa. Music by Ed Shermer. All right, Reggie, what is your first experience with either film? I remember the remake because just like when we watched The Longest Yards, there was sort of like a string of um, films like this where they were taking old properties, especially in the sports genre. And I remember seeing this film in the past. It didn't stick with me quite as uh, much as The Longest Yard, but I, I definitely remember watching this in the Billy Bob character. The original I watched, um, similar thing like whenever I was doing like film study and stuff like that, I was like, well, I, I've seen this remake. Let me go check out the original. And I, I remember watching the original as more of just, I should see the original. Like, that's kind of how I watched it. Okay. So you've seen both. Very nice. I only saw parts of the original before this podcast. Uh, it was an after school. And on half days, we got to watch a movie. So one of the teachers decided, let's watch Bad News Bears. And it was like, I guess I was in third grade. So it's around like 1993 or something. Ooh. And... <laughs> There's a lot of swear words, a lot of dams and shits in the beginning of the movie. And I guess about after the third dam or shit, the teacher's like, okay, can't show this to you anymore. So it was the one and only movie I remember in after school that we weren't allowed to watch because of the language. <laughs> and I wasn't that upset because it looked old. And I was like, oh, I always hated when it was an old movie in after school. So I was okay yeah. with it. But that was my only experience with the Bad News Bears until watching both movies for this podcast. I had never seen the remake at all. I think I remember hearing about it, but it just wasn't on my radar or wasn't really interested in watching it. This was it. That's interesting that you would uh, you would say that. I'm sure we'll get into sort of the language and you know subject matter of the films, but you would think that this would be a, a film that children would want to watch, but there seem to be some barriers into letting kids kind of watch uh, these particular films. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. And we will definitely touch on those subjects. But before we do that, let's go over a brief synopsis. Morris Buttermaker is an ex-ball player who now spends most of his days drinking. He's been hired to coach the Little League team, the Bears, a team made up of kids that weren't good enough to join the other teams in the league. They are all terrible ball players. They curse, they whine, and get into fights. Buttermaker could care less. He just proceeds to get drunk. After acquiring the uniforms and having the kids carry out his day job, game one is here. The first game goes terrible for the Bears. They lose so bad that Buttermaker forfeits the game before the Bears even get to bat. 
The kids then turn on their alcoholic coach. They all want to quit at the next practice, but Buttermaker has a change of heart and decides to teach the team how to be ball players. He also tries to recruit Amanda, a girl he trained to pitch years ago when he dated her mother, but Amanda refuses to join. The Bears have their second game and lose again. At least they played the whole game this time. Buttermaker is finally able to recruit Amanda, and she becomes the pitcher for the next game, which the Bears just barely lose. During their next practice, Buttermaker sees bad boy Kelly Leak and wants to recruit him for the team. He uses Amanda to convince him, but she fails and has to date him instead. At the next practice, the coach of the Yankees gives Kelly trouble, which makes him finally want to join the Bears. With Kelly on the team, the Bears start winning, and they win a lot. They get close to making the playoffs. Buttermaker then tells Kelly to take all the plays during the next game. He does and his teammates start to turn against him, but Kelly's efforts pay off and the Bears make the playoffs against the Yankees. Before the game, Amanda talks about hanging out with Buttermaker more after the season is over, but he angrily refuses. The playoffs are here and the team hates Kelly for being a ball hog. Buttermaker tells the team that it was his idea and they just need to do what he says to win. This carries out throughout the game. Buttermaker gets angry when players don't follow his orders, but then he composes himself. The Yankees have a minor meltdown too, as the coach snaps on his son, who then tries to throw the game. The last inning arrives and the Bears are ahead. Buttermaker decides to let the worst players on the team play, and ultimately lets the Bears have fun. They have fun, but now they're losing by many runs. The Bears make a valiant effort, but lose by one run. The Yankees, who've been picking on the Bears all season, tell the Bears that they've earned their respect. The Bears replies for the Yankees to shove their trophy up their asses and they'll see them next year. The movie ends with the Bears celebrating, shaking up Beers. So a lot of similarities there. Most of the names are the same. I was able to go into a lot of detail because the remake really does follow the original pretty much beat for beat. Um, where do you want to start, Reggie? Yeah, I agree that because the movies in general from beat to beat are more or less the same, um, a key place for us to go is the differences. And I would say some of the most differences that you'll see in the film are the Buttermaker character himself. Buttermaker. Morris Buttermaker. Portrayed in the original by Walter Matthau and in the remake by Billy Bob Thornton. And there are some significant differences here. Which area would you like to start? Let's see. Let's start, I guess, from the beginning, actually. Um, I do feel like Thornton, to me, feels like the better drunk in terms of like one of the things that drew me in at the beginning of the film is when we watched the two characters drinking as they're pulling up to the ballpark. And like you said, you get a very similar scene where Matt Al's um, butter maker, he pours out some of his beer, which is alcoholic and pours in some whiskey. And you get the same scene with Billy Bob, who's drinking a non-alcoholic beer and he pours out most of his beer and replaces most of it with whiskey, which I thought was um was an interesting change that you're seeing. One that um to some extent it feels like Billy Bob Thornton is aware that he has like some kind of drinking problem, so he's like using non-alcoholic beer, but it doesn't matter because he's still actually getting drunk off of like booze. And um Walter's character just doesn't feel like I mean it's clear he's a drunk, but it doesn't seem like he's really addressing it at, at this point in the film. So they both like to drink, like you said, though. Matt, I was drinking the beer, beer. And I'll just say this before we go on. The reason, most likely, that Billy Bob Thornton wasn't drinking beer, beer is because the studio wasn't allowed to have beer in the dugout area on the on the ballpark with the kids. 
they said you can't have this movie be PG-13 if there's beer on the field. So I think that was a studio decision that like, okay, you have to have non-alcoholic beer for the remake. That could be a reason that he's doing the non-alcoholic beer. It could be a decision the character made, but that's most likely that it's the studio that made them do that. Yeah, in, in that context, that makes sense because there's all kinds of rules you got to follow whenever you're working with kids, whether it's how long, how many hours they work or something like that. So I could definitely see that being um, a note because it doesn't really change the fact that he's a drunk. So that's a good point, Dan. At this point, and I don't know if you have the same opinion, I sort of believe the uh, the Mathals Buttermaker, the original Buttermaker, drinking a little bit more. I don't know if you had the same opinion. Oh, yeah, I, absolutely. Uh, he's definitely the drunk. You look at the two of them side by side, I mean, just looks-wise, you have Walter Matthau, who looks perpetually in his 70s, <laughs> you know, just like yeah. disheveled, scruffy, hair unkempt. And then you got Billy Bob over there. His facial hair is just like so well kept. It's like there's no way a drunk is going to keep that kind of, what was that, a goatee, whatever facial yeah. thing he has going on. His hair looks like perfect. And he's like dressed really nice all the time. I mean, not like in suits or anything, but you know, he's not just putting on whatever's on the ground. He, he looks like he's putting some thought into what he's wearing. He's definitely putting some thought into like how he yeah. looks. You know, that's not drunk behavior. Drunk's like, I just woke up. I'm going to go where I need to go. Walter Matthau definitely captures that a lot more than Billy Bob's. I, I 100% agree with you. I think maybe part of it is you see this Billy Bob character who, um, like you said, he doesn't quite look like a bum. Like, there's times when Walter looks really rough around the edges. Like you said, Billy Bob is pretty clean kept. Uh, women like him throughout the film. That's the major difference that we can talk about. Mm-hmm. Basically, for whatever reason, uh, maybe because he's an ex-ball player in a small town. Well, it's not even a small town. He's in L.A. <laughs> but um, maybe because he's an ex-ball player, people seem to respect him, and women seem to want to be around him. Like, there's a lot of different women that he's dating throughout the film. Like when he goes to the bar and he's there with paradise. Um, <laughs> at one point, one of the moms is, is into this bad boy sort of persona. It just felt like he, he had so much charisma and charm. It didn't feel like his drinking outside of like the context of working with kids. It didn't seem like it was that big of a problem for him. Like it's life besides this kind of dead end job, which we'll talk about. doesn't seem that bad. Yeah. It didn't seem like, exactly what you said like the drinking was holding him back like sure he didn't have like the best job in the world but like it wasn't because of the drinking it seems like it just seems like maybe he's a little lazy or something but like you said he's still a ladies man and he doesn't look like a drunk who just got out of the gutter but walter Matthau, not a ladies man dressed terribly looks terrible all the time it looks like alcohol kind of did ruin his life so just yeah. on that alone, I'm definitely going with the Walter Matthau portrayal. There's something that, to me, felt sadder about his existence because uh, it doesn't seem like Walter really enjoys like what's going on in his life. He He's standoffish with the Amanda character, which we'll talk about. But he's just kind of pushing people away. Like he doesn't he's not dating women. You know, he's not really doing much at all with his life. And it seems like he's just it seems like he's just accepted the fact that I'm not a people person. My best days are behind me, and now I drink. Whereas Billy Bob Thornton felt like this kind of like wise ass dude that, sure, he could be doing more if he really put his mind to it, but this is fine enough and it's working for me. Like his personality is shitty, but it really, like I mentioned before, it doesn't really seem to be holding him back. 
it actually doesn't make sense that anybody would have him watching children <laughs> because it's, that seems to be like a known issue already. Whereas like to Walter Matthau, it doesn't seem like anyone in the community is really that concerned about his behavior. They still sort of idolize him as a former ball player. Whereas like Billy Bob Thornton is actively kind of being a dick <laughs> with everyone. And it, it just felt very, felt very different. Yeah. That's a good point that you brought up. Like Walter Matthau, not really having fun as a drunk. Yeah, he's getting drunk a lot, but it's not really because he wants to have a good time. He's just, he's just kind of going through the motions, and it's like, I'm going to drink, and one day I'll be dead. And then as opposed to Billy Bob, he's like, I'm drinking because I'm having fun. Look at me talking to all these hot 20-year-olds. I'm going to go hit on this softball player. I'm going to bring that stripper to the party. I know you said, like, maybe it's because he was a ball player who had charisma, but it's like, what woman in their 20s is going to be like, yeah, guy in his 50s who played in the majors for two-thirds of a quarter or two-thirds of an inning yeah that's the guy i want to let hit on me it's like i didn't really buy it too much that's a great point because uh you know i originally started to say small town but it's not it's it's la there's so much going on even if they're in kind of like a crappier part of la it's still you're near like the stars and celebrities you're right he's a he's a guy who played barely any professional baseball he's not a name he's not rich famous and he just kind of acts like it like if the town was somewhere else like maybe somewhere like midwest yeah and he was the hottest thing going i i could get that it's sort of like living in this world where like this matters and you're right it doesn't actually matter it's just sort of like wasted opportunity i guess and you're right why would a bunch of 20 year olds want to date i mean let's call it kind of creepy old guy (laughs) yeah that's pretty much what he is they used to play small ball i mean it doesn't make a lot of sense you're right and do we want to compare their jobs? Yeah, I, th- I definitely think we should <laughs> talk about it. Um, I guess Walter Matthau, what, he's a pool cleaner? Yep. And Billy Bob is an exterminator. I have my theories, but what do you, why do you think they changed the job? Um, I just honestly think they did it just so uh, when the kids work for him, like they're in more danger in the remake than they were in the original. You know, clean a pool, there might be some chemicals and stuff and maybe a dead animal in the pool filter but in the remake you have the kids like playing with the chemicals and what's a carcinogen or something and he's like that's a liberal <laughs> bullshit which I, I thought was pretty funny <laughs> so i think was... i only think it was just to put the kids a little more danger just for laughs what's your uh, theory with the job switch i i was probably thinking too hard about it i thought that maybe it, it felt like a more sort of like viable job for an adult that's true. But maybe not. <laughs> I mean, pool cleaning service is a legitimate job. Yeah. No, that's a legitimate job. And, like, you, make a lot of, you can make a lot of money, especially in, like, somewhere like Los Angeles. So I don't know. Um, I think you're right. Maybe it is just for the kids because it doesn't change much about him, whether he's a pool cleaner no. or an exterminator. Um, we get that opening really scene do- in the remake where he's, like, just at this all-American house cleaning up the rats. And he's like, oh, I got to go. It's 3 o'clock, drinking a beer at the job. Gives yeah. gives you a, a small laugh in the beginning of the movie, but it doesn't really affect the plot at all. Him being an exterminator it doesn't come into the training of the team or winning any yeah. games or anything. Not at all. You're and right. they even they even have Billy Bob Thornton at a pool later to sort of mirror a scene that was in the original. So it's like, right. <laughs> well, you're just doing extra steps to yeah, pull off you, a scene you, like in the original, right? You took another step just to get that. Um, yeah, I mean, I appreciate it. The rat scene, in terms of sort of what we were talking about before, you see this sort of key difference between the two characters. Walter just kind of does his job. You know, there's not much more to it than that. And Billy Bob, you know, you see him, he's a rascal. This guy's. 
Oh, this guy's drinking beer on the job and leaving the rats there? Whoa. Mom's like, what are you going to do about the rats? Like, I guess you'll make another appointment. You know, like, you see that sort of wild streak in him very early on. And it lets you know the tone that you're going to get out of this remake. Which I think where the remake sort of finds its own space and excels is in making Billy Bob um, more charismatic and drive a lot of the jokes. But it also makes the character make less sense based on the original script. I get that. I don't know. Like, there's there's a kind of a way to play with that that I, I don't think the movie probably explored enough. You know, there was a different way to make him kind of the shitty coach. The drinking angle, other than him, like, passing out and being irresponsible, didn't feel uh, nearly as important, kind of going back to one of our original points. I don't know. Whether he drank or not didn't seem to matter as much as in the first film where it's like, yeah, his drinking is... <laughs> it's a problem. a problem. Yeah. It's a problem. It really is. Because, like, it's it's sort of... From a certain standpoint, and that's what's great about this Buttermaker character, they're both so flawed, but, like, it just feels, like, completely irresponsible in the first film, where in the, the other film, yes, it's irresponsible, but he's so, like, charismatic that I think it just feels like, ah, he's kind of like that cool uncle, you know? He yeah. just doesn't feel like as much of a threat to the children outside of a... Uh, having them play with carcinogens. Yeah, the booze just makes him more fun as opposed to Walter Matthau where the booze is, like we said, a problem. 100%. Any other topics on Buttermaker? Or... I know at some point we're going to have to talk about him in the context of uh, when he kind of gets mad at the kids. I mean, not much changes between you, the two films. You could bring that up now. Yeah, okay. Given what we're talking about, Dan, these sort of differences, are some of these beats that are the same, are they still sort of hitting like um, that like championship game when he gets mad at the kids and he's yelling at them. I don't know. Is, is there as much weight in it in the remake for you? Or how do you feel about his portrayal and how it affects some of these beats between the films? Yeah, he, uh, I guess Walter Matthau's Buttermaker gets like borderline violent uh, at these kids. Like he's throwing shit at them, but not like directly at them, like in their direction, but he doesn't mm -hmm. make contact. And uh, Billy Bob's Buttermaker never gets to that extreme. Yeah, I, I guess it goes back to the, the drinking again. It's like, he can be an angry drunk, and he just really unloads on these kids. And it's, it's it could be a little scary. And if you're a kid watching this, you'd be like, wow, this fucking guy's a little nuts. This guy's a little off his rocker. But again, like, Billy Bob Thornton's Buttermaker never reaches those extremes. And he's pretty level-headed. Um, he might yell at the kids, but he never throws anything or gets, like, physically... Or shows any signs of, like, being physically violent. Yeah, it just felt like um, the turn in the remake where, uh, I guess the way I would describe it in the original is, like, that sobering moment where he realizes, like, holy shit, like, I'm being completely inappropriate with these kids. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not being a very good role model at all. And Billy Bob, you, I mean, it's the same. It's the same thing. He obviously is upset and realizes that he's gone too far. But because, I don't know, when you when you make him so much more, interesting is not the right word, but when you make him so much more kind of capable, it, it didn't feel like that big of a turn because even though he's not being a great role model, he's still more or less being a decent guy. Like when you see how he's training the kids, I felt like the training started to come along and looks much more uh, useful mm -hmm. in the region. Whereas like the original, yes, there's a training and stuff, but like, it felt like Billy Bob kind of had it together by that point. 
I get that. No, it, it kind of plays off what you said, like about his buttermaker being more charismatic. And while that's great as an audience member, because you're sort of rooting for him, it kind of doesn't work for the buttermaker character, like in general, because you're not supposed to entirely root for him because he is kind of a piece of shit at times. So yeah. you're not sure about him a lot, but because Billy Bob's portrayal is just charismatic, you're pretty much on his side the whole time. And he doesn't really do anything to cross that line to make you go, okay, I don't know about this guy. But the original Buttermaker portrayed by Matt, like I said, he has those violent kind of bursts of rage. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, just when you're about to get on his side, he does something stupid. And you're just like, okay, backing up. I don't, I don't know about you yet. So... Yeah, when he does have that turn at the end, it is more impactful in the original because you haven't been on his side the whole time as opposed to the remake where you're pretty much on Billy Bob's side the moment he cracks that beer open at his job. 100% because there's there's mischief, you know, that's the best way to put it. Like this other, um, the remake, Billy Bob's character is mischievous. Uh, I don't get that sort of bad guy Mm -hmm. thing going on. I think that in the context of like other coaches... Sure, maybe, but like when you when you break it down, and we'll talk about some of the other characters later. Like when, um, as you said in the synopsis, where the the other coach gets sort of violent with his son, you know, um, that guy is arguably a much worse person, even though he's mm-hmm. on paper he should be the better role model. And you know, both movies play with that, but like he should be the better role model. He's he's not, and it sort of makes Buttermaker in this remake kind of right you know it's like this is all a bunch of like bullshit and people who are pretending like they're decent Mm -hmm. and they're not and it just feels like two sort of different theories of how to go about teaching children and one's rough around the edges one's maybe not appropriate in polite society but ultimately it's not that bad (laughs) when you look sort of how other people are acting like when you're looking at people who are keeping these sort of misfits from playing baseball. Like these people are the bad people and Buttermaker, he may not fit in, but he's not besides the drinking. He's really, (laughs) he's not that bad in the original though. There's not that same sort of play. It's there. All that subtext is, is there, but um, he is that bad. You know, he's not great until he gets better. You know, it takes him a decent amount of the film to start to kind of come around to being, a better man yeah and it takes you a decent amount of time to uh warm up to him at least math house portrayal you know yeah I, I agree anything else or do we want to pick our buttermakers yeah i think we can uh pick our buttermakers because i think um it sounds like we're on the same page with this one yeah i think so i think without talking about some of the other characters there's not uh much further that we can go with the buttermaker portrayals because there's uh other elements that make the two characters different and kind of show you their approaches to uh, life, as it were. Yeah, Mathau all the way? Uh, Mathau in terms of the script. For what I think the movie needs to make sense, um, Mathau all the way. But in terms of the comedic stuff, um, Billy Bob, I think, is doing a fine job with making the, the movie funnier, uh, maybe in an inappropriate way, but it's... There's a lot of quotables. There's a lot of jokes in there. But I think for the context of what the movie, I think, is supposed to be trying to say, Mathau is the better Buttermaker by far. Agreed on all fronts. So let's go on to other characters, and we could uh, even talk about Muttermaker. Buttermaker? Boilermaker? What? (laughs) He has so many (laughs) nicknames. All right, we could talk about him as we go on. So I guess the next character that carries a lot of weight in the films is Amanda. Amanda, the 
young protege that Buttermaker trained when she was young and he was dating her mother. In the original, she's portrayed by Tatum O'Neill. And in the remake, she's portrayed by Sammy Kane Craft. Yeah, talking about Amanda, I think this is another character where things get interesting in the two portrayals. Um, just offhand, before we really even get into the character, I can tell you this. I felt, and I think it's supposed to be this way, I definitely felt like the remake one is more mature. She feels older. I think she probably is older on paper, but like she felt like an older person in the remake. And not to get too weird about it, but like, I mean, she brings it up sort of more sexualized for some reason. Whereas the original, she still feels like she's trying to like get older, but she still mostly feels like a little girl to me. She feels like a small child, whereas this remake feels like a teenager. Mm-hmm. She's uh, 12. Definitely got that vibe. I, I think you get that vibe because the movie sort of says it. <laughs> yeah, right. That's why I got the vibe. <laughs> you know, like, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, it's an interesting choice, I guess. Um, no, she definitely looks older, but they're about the same age. Yeah, Tatum O'Neill and the Sammy King yeah. Craft. They're about the same age. I, Sammy looks a lot older, but yeah, they are the same age. I think maybe part of that is... Um, times and how they've changed. I mean, 2005 versus 1976, there's a lot of cultural differences that would affect that. Uh, They mentioned things like the internet, and I think just, I mean, there were pop stars and stuff then, but like you think about sort of some of the pop stars that were popular in like the 2000s, I think that young women were um, being more engrossed in, for lack of a better word, just more of like sexualization in in 1976, where she's just kind of a tomboy, and that's more or less what she's doing whereas this this remake one wants to be she wants to go into womanhood at maybe before she should yeah she's, ta- she's talking about birth control in front of buttermaker in the remake in general she's she just looks taller than the original mm-hmm. yeah so that yeah. helps her look older and i mean you get this between like boys and girls at that age her and kelly feel older in the remake in, yeah in the remake yes they don't her and Kelly don't feel like they fit in. They just feel like maybe they're like a, a bit older than the rest of them. Cause the other ones are like pure misfits in, in the original. Yes. Kelly was like this cool kid. And yes, Amanda was like very capable pitcher and very independent, but they more or less felt like they were still in the same age range. And I think because the movie's sort of maybe playing with the um, concept of her going on dates with Kelly and this concept of her trying to be older than she is, that it makes her, feel older than she is and she almost doesn't fit in in a remake with the rest of the crew i definitely thought she seemed a lot older than the kids but as soon as they introduced kelly i was like oh this guy's like is he in college or something like he looks a lot (laughs) older in the remake and i guess we can kind of talk about the two characters at the same time so i just want to say but before we move on that in the original kelly's portrayed by jack earl haley you know good old rorschach there in the remake we have jeffrey davis and yeah Kelly and Amanda both seem older in the remake, but I thought that Kelly by far like looked way out, more out of place than Amanda did. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely does. Um, let's start by sort of breaking down some of the differences. Um, I would say Amanda in the original to me felt more um, where like you get a lot of the mischief from Buttermaker in the remake. In the original, I just felt like I liked that portrayal of Amanda. She's over there. She's selling maps to the stars. She's just kind of doing her own thing. She felt very, um, very independent. And I, 
and she gave me kind of like this sort of like uh not quite but like she's out there kind of like hustling you know she's kind of like yeah. scamming people kind of you know like it felt i like that portrayal in the remake i think they sort of talk about it, but i mean she's really just selling vintage clothing and you know whether or not it's actually vintage doesn't it doesn't change much you know mm-hmm. i i just felt like it didn't really show off her strengths to have her working um that kind of like selling clothing thing versus like the being on the side of the road selling maps of the stars felt it, it just made her f- feel like she had a lot more agency in that film. I, I appreciated that portrayal. Yeah, I mean, for a little twelve-year-old girl to just be out on the side of the road, you know, selling these maps to the stars all by herself, as opposed to a twelve-year-old girl who's kind of like at a swap meet or something, you know, the one that's all alone in the middle of the road. It's like, damn, the girl's got balls, man. I know yeah. it was like the 70s and maybe parents were like, yeah, go ahead, run a lemonade stand, go sell Map to the Stars, go and do whatever you want. And that probably wouldn't fly in 2005. It definitely makes the original Amanda just, uh, it seems like she's got a little more guts, a little more independence there. Right. Right. She's got a little more edge. Mm-hmm. And she really works um, Buttermaker over in the original. Yeah, they, they do kind of the same beat, but like, she's like, I want ballet lessons. I want... um. I want braces and all stuff. And you actually see the ballet lessons Mm -hmm. where in the remake, maybe they're trying to stay away from some of these sort of like more gender. Yeah. Cause like the, the, the kid, um, I think it was Lucas or something. He's, he's the one doing ballet and basket weaving, you know? Um, which is, I guess it's a fine choice, but it doesn't help the character because we don't see her actually get some of the things that she's asking for. Whereas like, this Amanda knows Buttermaker needs her, and she really, like, it's in line with the characters. Like, all right, I'm selling things on the side of the road. Here's an opportunity. I'm taking the opportunity. And she runs with it. I like that portrayal of her. I think she might get a little bit more to do in the original. Just jumping ahead here, when mm-hmm. they try to recruit Kelly in the films. Uh, in the original, Kelly is at an arcade, and he's playing, uh, what's that, table hockey with the yeah. uh, just randoms and making money off of them and then amanda comes in and she's like trying to she's just talking to him but like beating kelly who nobody was able to beat and then Mm -hmm. she's like okay if i win and then you join the bears and if not you get whatever you want so you actually see her like kind of winning and it's like okay so she's kind of a badass up there with kelly you know kind of putting her on the same level ultimately she loses in the remake you don't really get anything like that they change it it's not an arcade anymore it's a skating rink is that what it's called <laughs> it's, yeah. I, don't, I don't i don't want it to sound like it's kids well, you know, roller it, skating in a circle <laughs> it's kind of like called skate land but it, it felt like um they, they you know like ramps like, like half pipes and stuff you know it's not yeah, like like a, yeah. like a skate park almost yeah you don't really see amanda skateboarding at all and you don't see really kelly skateboarding at all you don't really see them do anything there and right. then you just cut to, oh, I, I wasn't able to do it. And it's like, well, I didn't even know you could do it because I didn't see anything right. from you. So it just it adds more depth to the Amanda character in the original. I agree. Because we see the original Amanda, like you said, the word that just keeps coming back to my head is a hustler. You know, mm-hmm. like her mom is in the picture, but kind of out of the picture, you know, mm-hmm. in both films. But like, it seems to matter more in this original film. Just because, like you said, she's on the side of the road selling stuff. She's working Buttermaker over. You see her, like you said, you see her physically giving this guy some problems in um, table hockey. And it all fits back into her character. It all 
molds into this kind of a quote-unquote tomboy character who just has everything going on. Like, all the boys don't want her around, but she's more capable than all of them mm-hmm. um, before you get this Kelly character. Uh, because we're, we're kind of talking about Kelly and Amanda at the same time. This new Kelly is just not in my bag, man. No, I, not at all. I, I like the original. Yeah, yeah. Like in my notes, I just have meh every time I saw him on screen. Yeah, like I mean, okay. in all fairness, it's this kid's. Uh, what was his name? I just want to get it here. Jeffrey Davis. It was his first movie, and because of his meh portrayal, it's probably it's probably why it's his only movie he's ever been in. This is one very obvious place. I'm saying that Amanda in the remake kind of misses the mark as well because I think they're playing more on her wanting to be older and not enough on who she actually is. Mm-hmm. This Kelly, there's just less mystery because i think you see less of him yeah. sort of hanging around like you see in the original like the kids there's foreshadowing he's hanging out smoking cigarettes they see him he rides off he, he does his whole thing in opening day he's on uh more of a motorcycle than what you're seeing in the remake which is kind of like just like a dirt bike mm-hmm. you know so <laughs> you know first kelly he feels the original just feels like a badass yeah you know Who's this, who's this mystery badass <laughs> making his way um, onto the field? Uh, the remake, I, I'm not getting it. I'm like, okay, he's, again, he's a little scruffy. He gets he gets into some trouble, but he doesn't feel dangerous. And I don't think you also miss the scene. Um, he doesn't really get like detained by the cops in the remake, does he? No, he doesn't crash his bike uh, during opening game. He uh, gets away scot-free, and we don't see him for a while which is probably for the best it's for the best <laughs> but uh just getting back into uh why he probably is better in the original first of all the age definitely comes into play here like the kelly in the original looks like he's the age of the kids in yes. the bears right and like we keep saying the new kelly in the remake looks like he could be in college like he looks so fucking old so like in the original you have this like small like 10 year old looking kid wearing his glasses, you know, have his sleeveless shirts on his motorcycle, hitting on women much older than him, you know, just doing what badass does. And then you have this college kid at at this little league game, uh, hitting on women, not wearing sunglasses, not smoking, not really doing anything too bad. He asked for a beer in the beginning of the remake, but he doesn't really do anything like the original Kelly does to sort of stand out to, you know, that the whole badass persona that gets played up later when they're trying to recruit him. The, how old he looks really hurts because, okay, you're doing that, but you look so old. So of course you'd be doing these things, but like to have right. a little kid be doing that just is so much more impactful than some adult. Yeah. And the introduction of him, like, I don't know. They try to make him seem more mysterious in the remake because the way when, um, when Buttermaker asks, who that kid is and all these kids have like sort of their tall tales about him. Yeah. Okay. You know, he's mysterious and sounds like he can do a lot of different things, but the visuals yeah, to me, of course matter, uh, getting arrested. <laughs> um, <laughs> they mentioned him being, uh, like a loan shark in the original. Like he gives a kid a nickel, but he wants a dime back by Friday. He's tough. Yeah. No, he's not just like, Ooh, who's that guy? It's like, yeah, here's this tough kid who doesn't take any shit. I don't think, that um, they play into this as much as in the original. Um, but in the remake, they also add this element of his dad's not yeah, around. Yeah, they threw that in, which just, doesn't come back at all. It's just 
felt a little heavy handed. Unnecessary. Yeah. Because like I don't know, you you've got a you've got a guy who. You know, Kelly gets a funny line out of it because he, he's like, oh, you think people want to see your nuts, which yeah. is a, a funny line. But his, like his only line that he gets, <laughs> you know, seriously, that I appreciated. It, it comes out of nowhere. It sort of undermines the character because like, like now I want to know what's going on with his dad. Right. And it makes Buttermaker a bad guy again because he brings up what do you have daddy issues? And it just feels very forced and unnecessary. I would rather just kind of like a mystery tough kid that like people disrespect in the same way they disrespect Buttermaker because, you know, they don't think that he fits in. Mm-hmm. And when when he's pushed into a corner and someone's like, nobody wants you around, he's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to prove you. I'm going to prove you wrong. It felt more real in the uh, original mm-hmm. instead of this kind of force, not even B plot, like C plot that isn't yeah. even it's not a thing. Because in that scenario, you almost even want Buttermaker to. Maybe you do a flip here. Maybe you want Buttermaker to take Kelly under his wing as opposed to Amanda because, like, he's the one without a dad. Yeah, right. He needs the father figure. But, Um, and again, just going back to, like, their height. Like, okay, you got the Yankees coach. He's picking on Kelly in the original. You know, he's, like, twice his size because Kelly's so small. But he picks on Kelly in the remake. It's, like, the same height. It's, like, yeah, it's it's not as impactful. Sorry. It's true. I think you're right to focus in on the physicality. Of um of the characters, he doesn't look right for the part. Um, it's in this remake, old. way too old, or portrayed way too old. Cause like the the bad news bears, in both films, but in this mm-hmm. in this uh, remake, they're tiny. They are super tiny. These small kind of like punk kids, and you're right. Then there's this guy who just comes around who's like, you know, you're right. He could be a character in like Dawson's Creek, or he could be, <laughs> you know, he he could play college if you wanted to go that far i think you could make that stretch and there's no way any of these other characters i don't even think you could have most of them play high school kids no not at all so you're right like um i do find that amanda but more so kelly in this remake don't seem to fit as part of the team but in the original that never came i never thought that once I'll give Amanda a little bit of slack in the remake because, you know, girls hit growth spurts before boys. I, so, like, I, so you could see her being a little bit taller. And I'll give this to the Amanda in the remake, too. I thought just, like, um, skills-wise, like, she looked like the better ball player. I mean, you know, you could chalk that up to, well, she was actually a ball player, the uh, the actress yeah. that portrayed her. So um, she was a little more athletic, definitely. I got the vibe from the Amanda in the remake. But... It just uh, in the original has a lot more to do, so I'm gonna go ahead and give the nod to that one too. Yeah, you can tell in the remake that she knows how to throw a baseball. Yeah, she really knows what she's doing, and uh, that was a good casting choice in terms of that. Um, her mechanics are sound, and as impressive as it is, when you really break these films down, the baseball is secondary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. It, it doesn't have to look that real at all. It, I appreciate. The fact that she can throw a baseball, but even if she couldn't and you just did more or less the same thing you did in the first movie, I think the actual character and what they're saying or doing are more important than whether or not they look like they can play baseball. I agree. And I'm just going to say this too, like pretty much her portrayal is doesn't really deviate from the originals. So if the character does pretty much the same thing that was done in the original, then I'm just going to go ahead and give the nod to the original because he didn't bring anything new. You know, it's not necessarily the actor or actress's fault, you know, but um, that's just 
the way I'm going to go. And since Amanda's pretty much point for point, except for the job thing, I'm just going to give it to the original. But Kelly, so much worse in the remake. So, so, so much worse. It's, it's, it's not even a contest. Kelly in the original all the way. Yeah, I think um, to your point that some of the choices that they make, although they're minor differences, they are differences and they kind of change the character. As I mentioned before, this remake leans into Amanda wanting to be an adult and she has some interesting kind of lines that make Billy Bob Thornton uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I think they make anyone uncomfortable if they're having that conversation, but it's not quite the character you're looking for for what you need her to do. I felt the original... Maybe because it is the original, but like that portrayal sort of hits that sweet spot. Um, she feels like a kid. I understand why she wants Buttermaker sort of back in her life. The original all the all the way for me in terms of Amanda. And then Kelly, it's not like we're not even, there's no discussion. There was never a point where I thought that this remake, Kelly, I, man, that, he's so much weaker of a yeah. character that it it's astounding. And Again, maybe it's some of the choices, maybe it's some of the things the studios will not do with kids anymore, but I don't know, I feel like there were other movies around this era that, like, you tell me, like, a kid smoking cigarettes, like, we've seen that before in film, like, it just, yeah. I don't know, he just, he didn't feel right at all, uh, more leather jackets, less skate, skating. <laughs> yeah, he just, I think a big problem is the casting, he was too old, they didn't give him anything new to do, Really forgettable. Honestly, in the out of the, all the characters in the remake, weakest character, hands down, is the Kelly. Yeah. You want to just go on to the other head coach, the Yankees head coach? Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay. So for our Yankees head coaches, we have Roy Turner, portrayed by Vic Morrow in the original. And then we have Roy Bullock, portrayed by Greg Kinnear in the remake. Not sure why they changed the last name, but they did. Other than Buttermaker... This character probably has the most changes from the original to the remake. Definitely the most changes. I, I think in the remake, where uh, which we see a decent amount in this remake, we're leaning more into the comedy aspect of it. And I think he, he plays a more lighthearted role than we see in the original film. I also think they try to build him up more as the antagonist in the remake. I got kind of like a, like a little bit of a dicky vibe from him in the original. But the remake really spells it out for you because they have him and Buttermaker really button heads a lot in the remake. But they don't so much butt heads in the original. Yeah, in the, in the original, um, outside of some of the games and, you know, some of the conversations that are had, it, he's there, he's a character. But you're right, it's not like he's doing much to be the antagonist. It seems the problem really is how bad they are at baseball. Mm-hmm. And whereas, like, Vic Morrow in, in the original, he... I don't know, he, he's, uh, he's there. He seems like a much more serious character. And when they do interact, it's in the context of the games. There's not a lot of cross-talk outside of that. So it felt more like the Bad News Bears had kind of their own problems. Mm-hmm. And eventually the Yankees became the problem because it's the championship game. But he's, he's not as, uh, like you said, he's not as present as he is in the remake where you're right. They spell it out that this is an antagonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get the scene uh, at the dinner. Roy Turner doesn't really do anything at the dinner. But in the Roy Bullock, in the remake, he gets this scene where a dad asks him, hey, I was wondering if my kid can get more playtime. He's like, yeah, sure, 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 yeah. And then like as soon as the guy leaves, he's like, you see what I got to deal with? So you get that pretty early on. Uh, you get signs that this guy is uh, it's kind of a dick. And you're seeing, like you said, more 
interactions with Buttermaker, whether it's at the softball game, as you mentioned, as you mentioned that scene at the dinner, like there's more times where they're interacting and like the grape smuggler joke <laughs> when they're talking about his shorts, which seems oh. to be a, a major part of the <laughs> of the character. Apparently you're getting this back and forth with the two coaches. It's just not there in the original. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely gets a lot more screen time in the remake. That's mm-hmm. for sure. And he's given more to do uh, overall. So I kind of appreciated that. I thought it was pretty interesting to make this guy the antagonist of the team and the head coach. I, I thought it was a good choice, the remake. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think the remake does a, a good job with this character sort of driving more motivation and driving more mm-hmm. plot. Yeah. The original, like I said, it's a... Decent character. I mean, you know why he's there. He's just as upset as everyone else is kind of having to include these these kids. We didn't really talk about it, but basically one of the Bad News Bears players' parents sued the league so that there would be this uh, this other team with the misfits that we're seeing. And, you know, the Roys, the head coaches in both films, both don't appreciate that. But there's clearly more going on under the surface in the remake that you're just not getting in the original. But the original Roy definitely has a violent moment that the remake Roy doesn't. So I'm going to go there. In the final yeah. game, the son Joey in both films is the pitcher for the Yankees. And he's just not throwing right. And he almost takes out one of the Bears players. You know, just a mm-hmm. high bean ball almost took, almost took the player's head off. And then... Roy just goes out there and just berates Joey in front of everybody in the middle of the game. And in the original, you get a slap. And in the remake, you just get a little bit of verbal berating and maybe getting too close and accidentally knocking him over and pushing him. Yeah, I understand why the film doesn't want a grown man to hit a kid. <laughs> um, I understand it. It weakens the scene. There's not as much... I don't know, it's not as visceral in this remake. Because like he's he feels more right in the remake although he pushes the kid which isn't okay that does feel a little more accidental and doesn't seem like his intention was to harm his son like i said you can't you can't hit the kid so you you gotta pull back there but uh his wife's reaction doesn't feel as important like he doesn't feel as bad of a moment for roy uh than in the original because you know he pushes the kid he goes to the sideline his wife's like i'm taking him home after this and you know they kind of just cross their arms and they're upset at each other but in a way i mean the push is bad but like he's kind of right you know there wasn't a lot of moments that made you feel like he pushed his son into doing that that was his son having his own sort of interactions with that kid throughout the film whereas in the original i thought it was uh, very powerful to have um the punch or excuse me the slap which is pretty intense you can tell why the wife reacts like that. <laughs> and she even throws in a line that says, um, you know why he threw that. Because he gave him instructions to throw it, throw the ball away. But, like, obviously it gets thrown at the Bad News Bears player. But the wife has this great line that's just like, um, you know, after Roy says, oh, I, I told him to do something else. He's like, you know why he threw that ball. And then she takes him away immediately. It just felt more powerful in the original. And it felt like a, a clear turning point for that character. Whereas in the remake... It's a scene. It's intense. Definitely not the right thing to do there, but it doesn't feel kind of like in-game game changers. Like, oh, that guy shouldn't have done that. I don't know. He didn't hit a point where anyone was really protesting, which you would expect more in a more modern film. Like, 
they had to stay in this this lane that actually sort of weakens the moment. I know it was more impactful in the original, but I I think the remake kind of went the right way because you know maybe in the seventies a little more common practice to uh, be hitting your kids a little bit. Maybe the ball game would go if that happened in real life. But I just feel like if you hit a kid in two thousand five. Oh yeah, it's, it's over. The, the game's over. You're not gonna finish that. If you, the head coach beating uh, the pitcher is that's yeah. that's that's game over, man. So while it's not as impactful, I, I think it's a good idea that the remake did that. I mean, there was dude. Remember there was a TV show called The Slap, <laughs> like a whole series yeah. based on a guy slapping a kid in the background. They made a whole show about that. I mean, right. hitting kids is so not okay, especially in the eyes of Hollywood. So. I mean, I'm not saying it's okay either, <laughs> so it's, no, don't no, get me no, wrong absolutely. either. But uh, I, I definitely think uh, they went the right route. And I could understand Joey being upset. I mean, he's still getting humiliated in front of sure. all these people. So that's reason to throw the game. And I think Joey's uh, reaction makes more sense in the remake to kind of throw an underhand pitch as opposed to just holding the ball and kind of grinning. That kind of diminished the moment for me because like now he's yeah. just like smirking and like holding on to the ball it was less believable than uh him just kind of throwing it underhand yeah i'm gonna go with the remake not doing the the slap because i just i don't yeah. think they would allow the game to go on if you have a head coach just slapping players for 2005 yeah. at least i agree um the slap i think is too much especially for my audience even for that film then it's, it's yeah. a bit much i, I was shocked um, i was like well, they're gonna still play oh my god I guess it's one of those things like let the parents parent. Yeah, um, yeah, it was the seventies. You know, it might have been okay back then. A lot of things I, uh, that they did in that seventies film might have been okay back then, but we'll get to that later. Oh yeah, I think even the slap moment that we're talking about probably influenced kind of our next subject. Like you mentioned, we'll talk about some of this stuff. I do miss the line from the mom. Um, I wish it. You could have the exact same scene. I do wish that that line was still there because to me. It was an important line about how we got to that point, hmm. how we got to the point where we're pushing, slapping, yeah. whatever we're doing to the kids. This is not a bubble. It, the dad was sort of like maintaining his innocence um, there, which I think maybe the studio is going for, or the script was modified to sort of make it. Yes, he did push a kid, but he, he his son shouldn't be throwing a ball because that could hurt someone. And they're really focusing on kids getting hurt there. Mm-hmm. Um in a scene where an adult is potentially hurting a kid, which is a weird dynamic, but it's there. I just like that line. It was like, you know why he threw that hmm. ball. That one <laughs> line shows you who Roy is. Mm-hmm. He may look like the good guy. He may be doing all the right things on paper, but he he's also a bad role model. That's there, and I, I miss that one little line. I think that that scene would have worked more for me because the reaction from the mom... Yeah, she's taking the kid home and everything. Um, and yes, it does feel more realistic the way he uh, tries to throw the game. But I think there's a, a humanizing element to uh, the way it's sort of portrayed that I'm missing a little bit. But overall, it's one to one. I think, like you said, it's a good idea not to hit kids. So um, <laughs> they get to lean in that way. It feels more realistic. So to that point, I feel like Roy, I'm giving the nod to Roy in the remake because he has more to do. Mm-hmm. He's funny. Uh, he does have that bad moment, but it doesn't take him out of the equation in terms of like the game or being able to coach. Whereas in the original, Roy isn't there much, and when he is there, man, that's that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, 
you just give him more to do. You give him more jokes. That's a better character right there. So, yeah, I'm yeah. going to go with the Roy of the Remake as well. And you know what? I was just thinking of this because I wasn't really thinking about this before. But he's violent with Kelly in the original in a way that he's not in the remake. That's true. He's much, he's much yeah. more forceful yeah. with this random kid. He may say something shitty in the remake, but uh, he's not violent in general towards children. So that's, yeah. a, that's a big change that is a good change. Yeah, that's a good change. <laughs> that's for sure. Do we want to just move on to some of the other bears and talk about some of the differences there? These are the last of our character comparisons. Yeah, I think um, once we sort of round out these other characters, it'll make a lot of sense when we start talking about content and ratings. So let's mm-hmm. let's kind of finish out our um, discussion of the Bad News Bears, the players themselves. Yeah, we can talk Tanner. Tanner, the uh, short blonde in both films with the Napoleon complex. Um, he's pretty much the same in both films. And I said this before, and when your character's pretty much the same, I'm just going to give the Nazi the original because he didn't really do anything new. Yeah. Tanner, like you say, he's got that little Napoleon complex. He gets into scraps and fights all the time. Like, really, there's nowhere I can think of where I could point to any huge changes in um, behavior or character. He's got a Um, bigger mouth than the original, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll get to that. (laughs) But he he almost looks the same, too. It's like, is that the same actor? (laughs) No, the casting on this is pretty damn good. Um, he looks exactly like yeah. the original character. He acts a lot like the original character. Um, I do like, like you mentioned maybe before we started the podcast, but I did like the way that Tanner talked <laughs> in the original. It was it was interesting. Yeah, yeah um, I, I love, I kept, all week I kept saying this, like, go back to your beers, Buttermaker. <laughs> I kept saying that all week. Yeah. Go back to your beers. Get out of here. Get out of <laughs> He's got this Thank fucking you. accent. I love Fuck. it. Yeah, it's great, man. <laughs> He's a lot of fun. So, yeah, I, I definitely see the lean um, in that direction. Um, you get almost an equivalent scene where uh, Lupus is getting picked on mm-hmm. by some other characters that are from a different team. Probably the Yankees. Yeah, it was there. the Yankees. So you had these Yankees players that were picking on Lupus and Tanner, who, like you said, is not a big kid, comes out. and um, Well, he hates like, Lupus because Lupus sucks and cost them a game, too. But he'll still defend yeah. a teammate. So you see that loyalty, you see that dynamic. It doesn't really matter how how it goes down, whether someone puts ketchup in your hat or I guess shakes the uh, porter potty that you're in. <laughs> it doesn't really change much that Tanner sticks up for his teammate and gets stuffed into a trash can. Well, he doesn't get stuffed in a trash can. He throws a trash can in a remake and then gets thrown in the mud. Yeah. Um, small little twist on it. Small details. Um, like you said, because they're so similar, I don't have a lot to say about the character other than that. I think it's still a very strong character. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm leaning towards the original one because the way he talks. And uh, like you said, if you're not going to change the character, then the character was better in the original. Yeah. But, you know, the actor that portrayed him did a good enough job that I'm not shitting on him like the guy that did the Kelly. No, no, that actor did his job. Yeah, yeah. He was good, loud, abrasive and everything. He did a fine job, but that original... (laughs) <laughs> yeah can't beat it yeah, yeah. can't beat it now you want to talk about lupus you had mentioned lupus in the tan yeah. description lupus lupus looks a little different we got a blonde lupus in the original and a blonde uh brown haired lupus in the remake yeah i mean they're distinguishable but like lupus kind of looks a little bit like tanner you know mm-hmm. yeah uh, definitely especially in the original you know, because they're both blonde and they have the same length hair <laughs> yeah if you're not paying enough attention 
Um, you could definitely mix up the characters by glance. Of course, not by actions. Especially but, uh, in the original, because you have Tanner, Lupus, and who's the original kid that the dad hired Buttermaker? Like, his kids also has long, blonde hair. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's three white, long, blonde-haired kids, and they're all, they all kind of look the same. I definitely got a little lost at times with who was doing what in the original. Um, mostly in the scenes where they're actually playing baseball. Not when anyone's talking, you can yeah. tell. But, oh, yeah, because um, Tan has got that Tan has got that accent. It's got that voice, Buttermaker. <laughs> Go back to your beers. <laughs> so good. I love that line. <laughs> Lupus feels like he's got more of a problem in the remake. I don't, I don't know. Like, not, not a problem. You know, he seems... Uh, Maybe special yeah. needs or something? Is that what yeah, you're with that? yeah. Not to be offensive or anything, but, like, he felt like um, like he was more on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Like, they have that line where he says that, like, bird poo tastes like candy. Right. They do have like, that line. <laughs> I, I don't think I need that line. And <laughs> it's not very funny, but okay. It just felt like um, this remake, and, you know, since we are talking about these characters... Really leaning into the tropes of these characters, like you got the black kid, you got the kid in the wheelchair, you got the fat kid. There, it's all there in the original, but it seems to be more of like their character traits in the remake. And we will talk about this at some point, but uh, I don't know. I don't think that the movie really says the right things about people that are different. You know, like the original. Oh, not at all. <laughs> there may be like slurs in the original, but like we will talk about this. But I felt that the original actually handles these subject matters somehow better. And I don't know, like Lupus, I don't know why they made him so uh, like special needs. Like, it didn't feel appropriate to me because I don't think it furthered the plot in any meaningful way. And you just kind of like open yourself up to having this. Like, this strangeness. Like, it's not a great joke, the bird poop thing. Uh, I think it's punching down a little too much. I didn't really take it as a special needs. I didn't find it like that. You know, he's a booger eater in the original. I feel like you got to top it in the remake. So, bird poop eater. That's all I took it as, um, okay. honestly. I didn't think they were trying to say anything specifically or have him portray any type of people. I just thought, this is a weird guy. Yeah. He eats boogers. He also eats other weird shit. It's lupus. His name sounds like a disease. Yeah. <laughs> the name is a disease. Isn't lupus a disease? It is a disease. Okay, yeah. <laughs> What's that? That's, it's the joke in house. It's always lupus. Oh, okay. It's never, it's never lupus. I just know uh, George Costanza one time. He's like, is it lupus? Is it lupus? When he thought he yeah. had like something. That's my exposure to lupus. In the show house, um, there's this running joke uh, about it. And one time, one or two times, it actually is lupus. But. Oh. <laughs> it's like something they always throw out like as a potential okay. uh, yeah so he's named after a disease he eats shit that he shouldn't eat he's a weird kid again it's kind of one of those portrayals in the remake that doesn't really deviate at all from what was done in the original he uh, even kind of gets a less heroic moment because he kind of has it, to share it yeah he was supposed to save the day because he saves the day in the original he gets the final out um, on his team, but he doesn't get the final out. He actually loses the ball, and a uh, wheelchair kid has to yeah. save the Hooper. day. Matt Hooper, I think, is his name. Yeah, yeah. I kind of, um, I get why they made the change, and okay, it's always it's always interesting when there's somewhat of a twist that makes the movies uh, distinct from each other. But I don't know, like, there's no 
progress for him. Yeah, he doesn't get like that arc that he had in the original. Like this kid that really just sucked. Nobody wanted him at all, but he gets this kind of almost a game saving out. You know? Yeah. Even though like they're getting they're getting crushed at that point, mm-hmm. and you know at this point it makes the film work. Um, I guess the big spoiler that they don't win. It feels better in the original because Lupus is so kind of like downtrodden and he gets his big moment and that moment feels like the win like the way they're celebrating there feels like very impactful and very special for the uh the team and it's sort of undercut by a character who yes he's in a wheelchair but he doesn't have like the same problems he actually uh hooper is actually pretty pretty funny as an addition that wasn't there before um he's distinct and He's able to take care of himself. Like, yeah, he's he's sickly, I guess, but um, he d- doesn't stop him from being able to do a lot of uh, a lot of things that everyone else does. So, taking that away from Lupus and giving it to Hooper feels like a gimme because you put the character in a wheelchair. Whereas, like, I I, I missed the Lupus arc because I think it I think it kind of solidifies one of the bigger points of the film. Like, once once Buttermaker is like, oh, let everyone play, mm-hmm. it, it allows Lupus to have that arc, and I think it, it's important that he gets that catch. Yeah, he does. Because, you know, recalling back the second game, or, no, sorry, the third game, once Amanda's the pitcher, they lose by one run because Lupus, he couldn't catch the ball, he couldn't throw the ball. The whole reason the Bears lost was because of him. And now here he is having his moment of redemption, and that's taken away from him completely in the remake. Completely just for a twist that doesn't do anything. It doesn't Um, really pay off. It's a twist for twist's sake. Exactly, uh, yeah. Which is a little strange for this movie because it more or less doesn't deviate. And there's, there's, they take this one moment to sort of change it because you introduce this other character, which um, I don't mind that they introduce another character because he does have some good lines. Oh, he's but my like, favorite of the new characters. Oh, for sure. Of the new characters. I am in a wheelchair. It's like, damn, <laughs> keep saying it, kid. It's cracking me up. The cancer of the eye thing, but it's yeah. hilarious stuff. It's pretty funny. But it Again, takes away from other characters. That's the problem with it. Yeah, and you know, I always do feel like I'm kind of jumping on this, but like uh, this movie, in terms of, I guess, quote-unquote diversity, feels like there's more types of characters in the film, but I don't think they're saying great things about uh, these people, and that's something that we'll talk about um, in a moment. For lack of a better uh, term, should we talk about the black kids? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> the uh the characters I met Abdul Rahim in both films. Not a huge deviation. I think in the remake he does get to get a, a bigger moment. I don't have really a lot to say about him in the original other than like he He gets hit in the balls. <laughs> he gets hit in the balls. That's true. And he he like fanboys about, you know, ball players. I think it's um Hank Aaron in the original. So yeah, he gets the he gets the fanboy about Hank Aaron quite a bit. And I thought that it was funny, not just him getting hit in the balls, um, <laughs> but I, I thought that uh, it was a funny line early in the remake where we're we're kind of learning who the different characters are. He's wearing like a, a certain number. He's like, oh, is that Satchel Paige? Is that Willie Mays? And he's like, no, it's it's Mark McGuire. <laughs> and um, it, it's such a weird line, but uh, it's like, but he's a white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a good laugh at that line. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that. Um, again, I, I mean, you I expect really... your buttermaker to kind of be saying stupid shit like that. So I went with it. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I went with it too. Like I said, I don't really have a lot to say about 
Ahmed in the um, films, other than, like you said, you get the getting hit in the balls in the original and you get him actually throwing a punch at somebody in the remake, which is a um, cool little addition, I guess. But uh, that one line that Buttermaker throws out there makes it worth worth it for me uh, in the remake because he gets to um, you get to see tone for another character. So not really saying much about the character we're talking about, but he does help kind of frame the Buttermaker in the remake, which I appreciate. I think that some of the some of the things that happen, what prompts the punch are interesting. Um, I don't know, like I'm actually leaning towards his remake character because he does more mm-hmm. and he, you know, he gets to throw a punch and you get a funny joke out of him. You know, I just wanted to bring him up mostly because of that. I like the backdrop of that character. And I think it matters for tone in two films. But he does have one extra scene in the original. After the Bear's first loss, he kind of gets really upset and kind of takes off his uniform, goes up a tree. And he has the heart-to-heart with Buttermaker up there about how, uh, I was going to say Aaron Rodgers, uh, Hank Aaron also had that uh, problem when he was a rookie. And uh, that scene's completely gone in the remake because he has the scene with the Armenian kid instead. Any thoughts about... How why they had to replace uh, uh, Ahmed there? Or? I think because they have created this, because they have this Armenian character now, and there's a lot of uh, back and forth between him and Buttermaker that happens in the remake. I just think that they were playing into the fact that they created this arc with the Armenian character. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very good scene in the original when they're in the tree, and he's talking about Hank Aaron. It sh- gives a chance for Buttermaker to start to show some of the good qualities yeah. that he has. You start to kind of see that turn there, and I like that scene, and I like what he has to say about a famous ball player. It fits very well. The heart-to-heart with the Armenian kid, I think, gets undercut by some of the advice that he's getting. Uh, the advice in general is pretty bad. Yeah, it's not <laughs> Yeah, it's not the best advice. It's like just lie, pretty much, is the advice. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to the original, um, you know, he not only tries to make him feel better about um, Hank Aaron's poor performance uh, as a kid, but he also gives him advice like, you know, I think uh, you're really fast and you should just bunt the ball uh, as you bat lefty, give you a few uh, extra feet there, and then you could just get to first base. And you do see Ahmed do that at the final game. Yeah. So I thought yeah. that was a nice little arc that he doesn't have. He doesn't get to have in the remake because he never has that heart-to-heart with Buttermaker. Instead, uh, the... Armenian kid. Prem Lahiri kind of gets an arc because he tells him, oh, you got to lie to your parents. And then at the end of the movie, he goes, yeah, I told them we won. So yeah. there's kind of that arc, but it's kind of a shitty arc because you're just teaching your kid to lie. But yeah, I guess it kind of works because it's Buttermaker. He's not necessarily the best role model. So that was that was okay. But, you know, you, you took away a cool moment from Ahmed there. Ahmad, not Ahmed. Ahmad. Oh, yeah. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, Ahmad, um, taking that out, it changes things. It definitely changes things. I would say that the heart-to-heart with, uh, with Prem is pretty inappropriate, not just the lying thing, but, like, some of his examples of lying. Oh, she said she was 18. Like, it starts to get oh yeah, <laughs> a little strange um, with that character, knowing the type of womanizer that he is in the, uh, in the remake. I think it starts to kind of shine a little too bright of a light onto his behavior being sort of like a bad role model, which never really changes throughout the film, which is, I think, kind of what we were saying before about Buttermaker, not really, it's not really a lesson that he learns, mm-hmm. other than to be like, to dial it back a little bit 
in front of kids. Like that's kind of it. And I guess to be sort of maybe in Amanda's life for some reason that makes less sense in the remake because he's dating all these other people. It never feels like he's going to like get back with the mom at all, which I think it feels like there's an opening for that in the original. Definitely. Uh, I don't know. Like these, these little changes, which I think come from introducing new characters and different types of people adding diversity to the film. Mm-hmm. You're taking away subtraction from certain characters actually subtracts from the overall message. I think a lot of what makes the original work gets pulled out in these little moments like that. I appreciate the diversity in the original. I thought it was pretty impressive that they had two Spanish kids that didn't speak English. It's like, oh, wow, that's pretty good for 1970, you know. But they they definitely had more diversity in the remake, and I appreciate it. But like you said, it, because you introduced a few new characters, now you're kind of taking away from some of the original characters. It's a fine balancing act, and they didn't quite pull it off in the remake, but I still appreciate what they were trying to do. I, I agree. I appreciate what they're trying to do. I think what um what kind of gets me, I think we can, because, you know, we can always break down more characters, but I think this kind of brings us to um, sort of the uh, one of the notes that you have here about uh, not politically correct versus politically correct. I Like you said, I, I like that we mentioned diversity, and there's something to be said. Like you said, the original film there is a decent amount of diversity right there. This remake goes further and, it, you know, we get past just like racial diversity, but we talk about different like ableism and stuff like that comes into play, which is an interesting dynamic. But when we're talking about sort of like a PC film versus a non-PC film, I think that I think there's some huge flaws with this remake when it comes to messaging, because it feels like they're trying to say more and i feel like somehow the movie feels less appropriate than the older film which i thought was fascinating interesting i guess i could see that but do you want to maybe go into a little more detail about that sure let's just jump into it there there is a racial undertone in the original film when amanda gets introduced i believe it is tanner that has the line even before uh, that he has he has a line during the first practice. Yes, you're right um, about the misfits. You got it written down. I did write it down. Let me find it. I'm not gonna obviously say I'll a lot say of the word. No, don't you have to say the word. Just I'll, I'll, okay. I'll say it. I it's, guess. But. Don't don't say the word. Just a, okay. What he says. I wrote down this. <laughs> this is my notes exactly. Holy shit! The mouth on this kid. So he wrote Jews, not terrible to say. He says a, an S word about Spanish people. He says an N word. I don't need to go into that. Sure. Pansies and a booger eating moron. He says all that. And then the sort of nerdy kid comes at him. He's like, hey, you better watch it. Seeing how you're not a Jew, S word, N word, pansy and a booger eating moron. So Tanner, he's got a bit of a mouth on him in the beginning of that original film. He's got a bit of a mouth on him. And um, that line that he throws out there sort of uh, framed for me kind of why they're not included in the baseball. It's like goes beyond them just being misfits. Let's just put it out there. There's actual racism involved. There's anti-Semitism involved. Um, I guess homophobia. Homopho- yeah, homophobia too. Yeah, I mean, it's all there. I, I was, you can't really diminish uh, the impact that's there. It makes them being included in the league feel a little more important to me. Because it seems like there are these sort of cultural barriers that are stopping these kids from being involved the same way. Uh, let's just put it all the uh, the white 
guys get to. You know, it's not just misfits in this case. It's these aren't the right types of people for this type of league, which is an interesting dynamic that um, isn't quite there in the remake because you, you don't have the slurs in the remake. Um, however, the remake includes all these people and spends most of its time making fun of them, <laughs> which I, I, I found to be a little strange because I never really got that turn where it felt like the messaging, you know, sort of you would expect from like a more politically correct film, you would expect there to be some kind of turn where it's like, some people think like this, but that's not the way it is. Like, it's never really said out loud. It, there's a lot of things said about Armenians. There's, uh, there's things said about black people, um, Mexican people. Like, again, the Mexican lines to me in the remake feel more racist because they, they talk about pinatas and stuff like that. It, it's, and it, one of them is like the landscaper's kids. It's like, that wasn't, yeah, <laughs> that wasn't in the original. Like, some of the race jokes they make don't change. Like, they don't stop being racial so it never felt like right so that was a problem that i had with buttermaker and not just buttermaker but other characters but that was a problem that i had in the remake where you have all this inclusion but you're not doing anything inclusive <laughs> you know maybe just by banding together and being a team that's enough but like i think they're just making so many jokes about different people's backgrounds that it, i don't know i would i would want a little bit more for my buttermaker by the end to make make it feel like, hey, you know what? We may not get along or something like that, but I'm not racist. Like, there was never that <laughs> But I'm not racist. It was never that moment. Yeah, you do kind of get that moment in the original, I guess, when he's up in the tree with, with Ahmad, yeah. yeah. When, when uh, Buttermaker's up in the tree with Ahmad, Ahmad goes like, don't give me none of that honky shit. He's like, oh, no need to bring race into this. I thought that was funny. Cause it's like, that was a funny line. Honky is like, <laughs> it's such a stupid, it's, it's like barely racist calling somebody honky. <laughs> I think we, uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Like, for instance, um, like the line about Ahmad, like in Mark McGuire, I thought that was a funny twist. And I think if they would have stayed in that space, it would have been okay. It was like, oh, he's not white. You know, like that, that's still really funny. And I, I get that, like, there's more to this this guy than just, quote unquote, being a black kid. But then to, like, then throw in, like, the Oreo line out of nowhere, there should have been more beats that kind of helped that along. Because, like, you had that one moment, and then towards the end of the film, he brings it back up. And it, but, like, there's no other distinguishing reasons why that would have happened. And it just felt sort of like a – I kept kind of thinking of this. Like, it felt kind of like punching down a little bit. I don't have a problem with a film being, um, quote, unquote, not politically correct. Like, I don't have a problem with that. But for what I think the point of the movie, especially the original, was, I, I felt like they kind of missed the point of the original film. Yeah, they might have been just so focused on just trying to make jokes. I'll give it to this for the remake. They The number of jokes, like the ratio of jokes per minute or something, uh, definitely much higher in the remake. So they might have I, been punching down to get some of those jokes to make some of those racial references. Yeah, so I, I, I honestly think that that's why they did it, just to just to up the number of jokes in the movie. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. That it, And trust me, I, I found... A lot of it to be funny, you know what I mean? Like, I found that, sure, if you're going to make bold sort of jokes like that, jokes that you'd probably have a little bit of trouble with today if you tried to um, do this again in the same manner. Um, 
I think that because of, as uh, we like to call it, outrage culture is out there, I think that sometimes just hearing these things sort of triggers people and makes them pull back. And I think that there was an opportunity for the film to still make those jokes and then have that turn that made it all all right, you know? I never quite got that. And that's why, like, as I was watching, I was like, yeah, this is funny. And I, you know, inappropriate, but okay. <laughs> I get where the jokes are coming from. I don't know. They had to rein it back in a little bit by the end where it's like, if he had a simple line, it was like, they don't want you playing because you're you're black. You're you're um, in a wheelchair. Like if he had some mini speech like that, I think you could have turned all that around. And you're never going to please everybody, but I think they could have made it work. Hmm. But they um, never like have a moment like that in the original. They don't. They don't. But like even I don't know because Buttermaker is not making the race jokes. Mm. There really aren't race jokes in the original. Other like yeah, they say racial slurs, but I think it's just kind of like. A sign of what they're up against and i, I almost felt like it was like maybe a sign of the times like maybe people just oh, yeah, talked sure. like that fucking back then for sure I, I mean definitely sign of the times and like kind of one of the reasons why you know once you start to kind of zoom out a little bit and think outside of like the comedic aspect which i think the film tries to do a little bit of because i was like doing some research in the screenwriter from like polio or something like that he had like braces and he used to play in like a little league team and but he you know he had a physical disability mm-hmm. and it sort of uh flavored his um his writing in this film and i think that that for me that kind of shown through that like all, all these people are kind of getting picked on but they they kind of have their day the writer and, for the original or the remake the original okay uh i forget the gentleman's name but he's the son of a, of a fairly famous actor and um he was in a little league apparently you may have to fact check me or the audience can fact check me on this, but he was in a little league and he had like leg braces and, you know, he kind of drew on that when he did this, um, the screenplay, there's not like a moment where they like address the race aspect, but like, it's not as pronounced. There's those two lines that Tanner throws out and, you know, it gives you some backdrop of what they're up against. And it kind of makes the lawsuit. I think is where I was about to get at. It makes the lawsuit, sort of makes sense you know when like you zoom out you're like oh they're like this town is full of basically racist people that don't want (laughs) these types of people playing baseball with them so someone like took a stand i guess and you know they the town is fighting back against the lawsuit but like it seems necessary (laughs) here (laughs) if that's the way this town's operating so like it made it all kind of like fit and make sense it made the big picture make sense for me and i I found the art to be a little more satisfying even though they don't like go on and say racism is bad they they don't really have to you know they're they're showing that these kids can like make it on their own but when you make the head coach saying most of the racist things in the film and for him to not really turn i just thought that it was a missed opportunity because like Buttermaker is likable. Billy Bob Thornton is likable. He's doing some very questionable things, but I wish that he had a moment in the film to sort of turn that on his head. And I think where they try to make that happen, they don't go far enough to try to turn it on his head. Like his conversation with the Armenian guy is is bad advice. And yes, he's helping a kid of a different origin or something like that, but like it does, it's not, there's not enough there, I, I think. Mm. 
I don't know. Like, I didn't get the vibe that, like, these kids weren't on a team. I don't think it had anything to do with, like, race or religion or anything. I just thought, like, because I think the the Roy, the head of the Yankees, says, like, look, in this league, we have certain caliber of players, and these kids just stink. And then he's like, you know, he sued this specifically on purpose because he knows what being in this league means. So that's how I interpreted it, um, that they got sued just because they didn't want bad kids to play baseball. I didn't think it had anything really. Are you saying the original or the remake or both? This specifically I'm getting from the original. Okay. The only place I'm kind of getting that is sort of the context clues of what Tanner's saying. Like, because it is a pretty um, unique and kind of intense line that he throws out twice. And I think I've been doing this a lot with some of the films lately, but I've been kind of like reading sort of into that. And I don't know if that's just like um, instinct that I have when I'm watching films. Maybe I'm trying to get more out of movies than are actually there. But like, I felt that that line made it feel like that was a factor. I didn't interpret it like that. I just thought like, there's this kid just being edgy, just he's a bad seed, just saying whatever the fuck he wants. And, um, you know, some racial slurs in there. But I thought it was just, you know, these are just the worst kids and nobody wants them. And I know Billy Bob, obviously not PC shit he was saying, but I didn't really interpret it so much as like racist as like he's just feeding into stereotypes because he's just, again, just that ignorance of the character, you know, right. kind of like the lovable race, uh, lovable racist, uh, <laughs> lovable, uh, you know, stereotype guy, almost almost like an Archie Bunker kind of a yeah. guy going on there. Yeah, I didn't like take it to heart like this guy's fucking racist. Like, I know he's, he's going to say a lot of shit that's not PC, but that's kind of like in the Buttermaker's M.O. So I didn't really think that it needed to have sort of a, I guess, a resolution at the end. Like, hey, by the way, guys, right? This, we're all yeah. the same. I, 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 I didn't think it needed that. So I was, I guess I was a little more lenient with it. That's fair. I think that there's something to that. I definitely get what you're saying um, in terms of, that's just kind of who the character is. And again, um, there's probably a bit from my viewing of cross crosstalk between the two films, sort of uh, analyzing them both sort of in conjunction as opposed to as their own individual thing. I think this, what's really happening here is that I'm seeing differences between the two buttermakers in the way that they're acting, which is very apparent. We, we've mentioned that. And I think also taking a line from the first film that is, I mean, part of the reason why your teacher didn't want you to watch the film were some, <laughs> of, the swear, some of the swearing. But uh, that, that line is a pretty heavy line for a kid to throw out. And maybe from there, I started interpreting that there was more at play here. Like you mentioned, uh, it doesn't really seem like it on the surface, like you're saying. that. Like It just feels like these kids aren't good at baseball. And I think that that's there. I felt like there's a way to watch the film where there's a bigger message, but maybe it's not quite there. But like to me, it felt a little bit more substantial what they were trying to do in that original film. And maybe, again, like you said, sign of the times, maybe that's part of it, you know, that people have these types of views, but like, look, look what these kids can do. You know, maybe, again, I don't know if it's, if I'm supposed to pick up on that, but that's maybe an interpretation that I'm having with, uh, with the film. In the remake, like I said, I got, I have no, problem with billy bob's portrayal um i just found it interesting because i don't know in our current climate if you could do this again yeah no i get what you're saying and yeah i i could see viewing the movie that way but yeah i i just didn't view it that way i 
I'll, I'll say it again. It was just, I thought it was just a sign of the times. This is just how some people talked back then. And then, like, you want this Tanner kid to be the tough one. So he's talking down to everybody on his team. So he's going to say, like, the fucking nastiest thing he could say. Just to, I guess, defend Billy Bob's behavior. Like, I almost feel like there was definitely more of a PC agenda around the time of the remake than there mm-hmm. was the time of the original film. So I feel like his, um, sort of, the stereotypes and semi-racist shit he was saying was just, like, pushing against that because there wasn't necessarily a PC agenda for the original to push against, but it was easier for the remake to kind of lean on that because it did exist by the time that movie was made. Yeah. So, yeah, I was okay with it overall. Yeah, and I, I think I think you're right that um, that, that is there. Like, the uh, the parent that sues in the, uh, the remake is the mom, and she's kind of like a helicopter mom. Um, you don't really get that in the original. It's like, yeah, he wants his kid to play baseball, but he's pretty much out of the picture after that, besides like a, a scene or two. But like the mom is like clearly almost like a caricature of that type of person with an agenda. The type of person that would sue or like do things because they feel like there's not enough kind of inclusion. And, in, you know, she, she overdoes it. Yeah. At least that's what the movie's trying to say, like with the basket weaving in the ballet. And she, she doesn't let the kid just be a kid because she has her own agenda about what the right things are for kids in general, not just her own kid. Mm-hmm. And it's a line, like you mentioned, that Buttermaker says where it's like, she's like, oh, you tell me how to raise my kid? He's like, no, I'm not, but someone should. Pretty, pretty damn good line there. The pushback against uh, the liberal <laughs> agenda, like the carcinogen joke that, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I think that you're right that this movie, rightfully um, so in, in a lot of ways, pushes back against his sort of like participation trophy culture that is sort of like really part of our national discussion right now. It mm-hmm. seems to be there's a, we, we've kind of hit like a crossroads where those two sides of the uh, argument are even more pronounced today than they even were at that time. Oh, absolutely. That kinda, absolutely. That was kind of like the beginning of the wave. If you want to look at it sort of in that way, where like we're starting to trend towards what we're seeing today, mm-hmm. you know, it's two different schools of thought, but like I found that to be interesting Again, maybe uh, watching both films and thinking about those different subjects is sort of flavoring my my viewing. So I I think that I I definitely get where you're what you're saying where you're coming from. And I think that I could be blending topics because you have a film that steeps in a different culture and a film that's sort of talking about a more recent culture. And there is this cross play of um, race, gender, abilities sexuality that's like you know it's not really major parts of these films but it's it's there it's in, it's in the background yeah it's sprinkled I, throughout the films definitely I think, I think i'm bringing some of it into the foreground really because i'm watching both films kind of at the same not yeah. at the same time but like i'm using the comparison i think it's maybe putting things into films that aren't really there on an independent level fair I, enough reggie <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, it's a fun, stupid movie about kids playing baseball. Yeah, so, <laughs> we don't, we're gonna gotta get too crazy. Sometimes people are landscapers and Armenians. You know, <laughs> this is uh, two um, epi- two episodes in a row. We had to take deep I, dives into race. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try to stay away from that man, in general. <laughs> That's fair. It, That's fair it, enough. It is, it is interesting for us as um with this podcast. That, like um, I, I think that what makes our podcast work is that we're not always on the same page. <laughs> with things which is a good thing that like you're seeing things and you're showing me different aspects of films and i'm doing the same thing and i think that for the audience not to get too meta and break the fourth wall i think it's important for different 
opinions about films because I think we can learn a lot about um, what we're seeing when we have multiple conversations about these things. And that, that's me off the soapbox now. <laughs> okay, I'll, I will say that Oreo line was fucked up. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? It was fucked up. <laughs> and, and, you know, kind of like, <laughs> uh, I'm going back in, Dan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, like, um, which I thought was interesting, because, like, um, sort of the story of that guy writing the original screenplay kind of based on his own experiences. Like you said, it's not necessarily a term that you, you've you heard, but I, I've definitely heard the Oreo term before, and... um. I definitely heard it thrown in my direction, which, you know, again, that's going to flavor the way I'm watching the film in a way that's not necessarily going to resonate with other people, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, again, like like I said, I'm not butthurt and I'm not going <laughs> to go cry or, like, talk about safe spaces or anything like that. But, like, but, oh, that's an interesting dynamic and that, that's a way to sort of filter the films if you want to. But, like you said, in general, you probably don't want to because they're supposed to be kind of dumb comedies with a little bit of heart. Yeah. These are kids' films. They're kids' mm-hmm. films. But are they? Because <laughs> I know you had that PG versus PG-13 system in play. Yes. Tonally, right? Like, in tone, in terms of subject matter, these are children's films. Yeah. And yet they, they have the mouths of sailors. <laughs> Especially that original. Films? Yeah. I don't know how many PG movies that drop the N-word uh, several times. Yeah. Or, like, have a kid getting the shit wheeled out of him. So the original was rated PG. Uh, the remake was rated PG-13. Like I said, the remake had to have non-alcoholic beers on the baseball field in order to be PG-13, even though the original was allowed to have beers, or supposed beers, that's what the characters were calling it in the original. Yeah, so there again, is, uh, the, that's that PC culture just fighting... <laughs> fighting these movies uh fighting the remake more than it did uh, the original absolutely you can't even call it a beer it's like obviously it wouldn't be a beer if you like whatever it looks like a beer but you, you just can't even call it a beer i think that's kind of ridiculous yeah i mean at that point like they might as well not even drink beers it's uh obviously more impactful at the end it fits the the name of the movie it fits yeah we saw it's like look at these crazy kids drinking beers and spraying them at people like doing their own thing take your trophy and shove it up your ass it feels yeah. more rebellious it feels real it feels perfect <laughs> exactly beer it's hilarious a bunch of kids drinking Coors Light after like you know after losing of- a game you know yeah it fits yeah <laughs> um the non-alcoholic beers because they even have to throw in a line it's like well what's the point it's not even beer and it's like now I'm thinking it. yeah what is the point <laughs> they might as well not be drinking beers they could have done something else like if they drank sodas it would have been the same thing the, the impact is uh is blunted because i'm sure like you said there's a studio reason there's probably a union reason why they can't drink beer but it are they really the bad news bears if they're yeah. not drinking beers at the end of the game if they're not drinking beers they're not smoking cigarettes i don't know this team reggie these are not the bad news bears that i grew up with yeah these are the so so bears the play it safe bears <laughs> A lot of CGI baseballs in there. Yes, a lot of those. <laughs> Besides the big <laughs> sort of uh, line, which, you know, not to focus too much on it. Um, yeah, they're swearing throughout the original film, but it's, yeah, I can see this being PG. Like, I I wouldn't be too worried about my kids going to see it. Maybe a school teacher doesn't want to get in trouble. <laughs> at a Catholic school at that, Reggie. Yeah, that, I can see that. <laughs> like, if I had a kid and we were watching the film, I wouldn't be like, yeah, can't watch this. There's too many swears. I'm like, yeah, that's the movie. That's the movie. You know, like you're gonna 
You're still going to learn a lesson at the end. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, you're going to swear at some point. Where's the remake? You know, I might have to pick my spots, you know? <laughs> um, maybe that it is for an older audience because, like, there's a, there's a lot of uh, pretty out-there lines, which I think are funny. I love the sort of jokes per minute aspect of the remake. As I said before, I think some of the points get missed while they're making the jokes, but uh, they're fun jokes. Definitely. The grape smugglers, uh, you think people want to see your nuts. Um, you know, some people may be offended by it, but like the pinata stuff, the Texan stuff, the Armenian stuff. Like all these uh, all these punchy jokes. Billy Bob's great, by the way. It's very funny. He may not be the buttermaker that we, we need, but he's definitely a fun buttermaker to have. Oh, yeah. Like I said, or like you said, he's very charismatic. So like every time he's on screen cracking one of his jokes, you're having a good time. Yeah. Whereas I think... When you're looking at the runtime on both these films, which I think is actually a little preposterous in both films. Yeah, a little, a little on the long side. I mean, it's not a hard watch because, like, as I'm watching, I never felt like this is still happening. Like, I felt like both films pace very well. I just don't know why they were as long as they were. I noticed the runtime when I was looking at the runtime, mm-hmm. not necessarily when I was watching the film. So it's not a big sin. But when you're talking about a comedy, especially kind of geared, I think geared towards a younger audience. <laughs> I still have to say I think because I don't know if, they, if it actually is. Two-hour movies is unnecessary for uh, comedy geared towards, like, kids. Yeah. If if it is. Oh, well, some of your small changes. I'll get, I'll get into this one. I think this fits in line with what we're talking about. I do appreciate um, a lot of the more mature jokes in the, uh, the remake, like when they go to Hooters and stuff like that and they're singing cocaine. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> like, funny. What do you think about the change of the uh, the sponsors between the two films? I thought, saying what you said before, I thought it was a twist just for twist's sake. You know, hmm. they show us the bail bonds in the remake, and then it's revealed that it's actually a strip club, and then you see the sh- I guess it's the the strippers in the crowd just cheering on the boys. Bo Peeps Gentlemen's Club. Bo Peeps Gentlemen's Club. I thought it was okay. I I don't think you needed it, but I guess you have to kind of up the original somehow. So strip club kind of makes sense so ultimately well i thought it was kind of meh i thought i was okay with it yeah i i felt that the inclusion of like the strippers in the audience um was a little flat that was a little much like that wouldn't really happen like these strippers they they gotta sleep during the day reggie they gotta make their money at night it's a legitimate business they pay taxes yeah (laughs) (laughs) another funny line um his sort of womanizing as it were when he hooks up with uh, the kid's mom and kid asks why he's there and he comes up with some bullshit line. Got to oil um, your mitt. Oil that mitt. Oil the mitt. Uh, that's a new move. I haven't done that one yet. Um, <laughs> like I said, I think that it fits the tone and character of the film, but it, it does ultimately, I think because they're going beat for beat, uh, I mentioned this before, but I think it takes away from his relationship with Amanda because I never felt like the mom was a factor in the same way the original film does. Like, I don't see where he fits in mm-hmm. with Amanda's life after this. Whereas, like, I can see Buttermaker kind of turning right. here and becoming a part of Amanda's life and Amanda's mom's life because it feels like it's there. The reason they kind of broke up isn't as extreme in the original. And, you know, like, you kind of want that type of arc for Buttermaker, whether it happens or not, like you want the potential for it. Whereas there's no upside for Billy Bob Thornton to get back into his relationship with this person 
that we know nothing really about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's got strippers in their 20s. I mean, uh, what does he need to go back to this uh, Amanda's mom for? Yeah, he's hanging out with Destiny. Or, yeah. Oh, Paradise. Paradise, of course. It's all the same. You know? how, dare, how dare you confuse yeah. Paradise with Destiny? <laughs> I don't know. I like some of that mystery in the original. Like, it felt a lot flatter in the remake for him to be like, yeah, I've been going for three years. He never really seems remorseful about it. Whereas... You can tell that there's a conflict um, in the original with that relationship that obviously is more pronounced because he's not dating other people. So it's sadder. It's like this guy needs to like kind of get back mm-hmm. to, to living. Billy Bob Thornton's living the whole time. Yeah. I thought about that too. Like if this movie was originally made like now, he probably would end up with the mom. Like, I don't know. I thought of Mighty Ducks for some reason. Like, oh, he Bombay ends up with Charlie's mom. (laughs) That's exactly what they would do. I'm really glad the original did it. And they kind of left it kind of up in the air. Like there is the possibility of it because, you know, you don't see Walter Matthau's Buttermaker with women. But you, Mm -hmm. like you said, you do see Billy Bob just womanizing all the time. There is no reason or there's less reason for him to really develop this relationship with Amanda because he doesn't need to get with her mom anymore. He's having the time of his life yeah. with these fucking... How is he getting these 20-year-olds? He's in his 50s. I don't understand. No, I'm not jealous, Reggie. Stop asking me that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I like what the original did. I, I think overall, like, I really like how sort of subtle uh, the original really moves. And it's like the remake is a lot more like... Um, on purpose, obvious, like yuck, yuck, yeah. yuck, joke for joke's sake. But it just feels more real the way the re- uh, the, the original uh, operates at, at times. There's, like I said, there's some moments where like, oh, that, that wouldn't fucking happen like that. But right. overall, I'd say that the original just has the overall tone, pace, flow. It just feels more right. real than the remake. Yeah, that subtlety comes into play. Because like, like I said, we had the, the part where we were discussing potential... Uh, sort of like race talk in the film. And it's like, you're right. It's like not really there. It's not like over the top. So like, is it there? Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Like there's a lot more of that cross play Mm -hmm. where it's like so subtle that like some things could be picked up on. You may be reading into things that aren't quite there. Uh, You may be missing things that are there. The movie is a lot more open-ended in that way. It allows you as an audience member to sort of make your own choices about what you're seeing, which I think how we get to some of the places that we are in our conversation. I also think that, again, these these changes, which are meant to, you know, increase the jokes, sort of change the tone of the film. Um, the way that Amanda talks in the film and how she's trying to be more mature and sort of ladylike early on, when you take the mom completely out of the picture, like you did um, in both films, it makes it potentially more inappropriate for her to be hanging out with this guy. I don't think they're really trying to make that message, but like those two have a lot of conversations about sex and sexuality that like this guy who's dating the strippers, who's making lines about, I thought she was 18. I don't know if I want this guy hanging out with that kid. Yeah. Yeah. I got that vibe too, because she does look older. It does get borderline creepy at times where it's like, he's going in for like kisses on her forehead. It's like, that seems inappropriate, even though she, because she looks really old for her age. She really like, it was around 12 or 13, but like, it could definitely be misinterpreted as something else. Of course, the movie's not saying that. And of course, that's not what's happening. But like, when you look at the character, like in the universe building, because I like to talk about that in films, you've created this guy who has a reputation 
for um, dating younger women who has a reputation of getting around around town. People are going to ask questions when he's going to the beach with this random 13-year-old, independent of, like, anyone else. Like, the mom needs to come into play at some point, I think, um, because otherwise, yeah, they can hang out or I'll see you around town, kid. Like, those types of lines make sense. But, like, yeah, me and you are going to go, like, hang out again. It's not the same film. Yes, they hit the same beats, but those two characters are so different between the film that that original point is not there, and it it doesn't actually, from the sense of who this character is, I don't think that I want to see that as an audience member. I'm not getting that same awe moment mm-hmm. that's, that you're getting in the original film. Yeah, yeah, fucking Chris Hansen's going to pop out in the I mean, third she, act. She literally says at one point, not to go there, but like, He's like, oh, you must have a big one. I don't know what else my mom's. Oh me. yeah, I forgot about that I'm like, one. <laughs> I'm like, dude, let's skate past this because that that's not the right tone for a fucking kid's baseball movie. I know? mean, uh, I'll defend it as you know, it's a fucking bad news bears. You know, it's not a really PC source material, so they're they're going for those edgy jokes, and yeah, some of them aren't in the best tastes, but you know, I do. Overall, I'm not gonna think he's a pedophile. I don't. No, no, I'm not. I know they're yeah, not gonna do anything, so I'll let it slide. It's not the funniest joke, you know. It is low hanging fruit, literally. Yeah. But like, yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I I agree that I'm not saying that that's what's happening here, but there's enough subtext that it's like it's not that he's a pedophile. It's just like I never thought that now he should hang out with this kid. Hmm. He didn't have the type of term where I'm like. I get that she wants to and she misses the way things used to be. It's not the same relationship as in the original film when you kind of break it down. Like, okay, I guess it's sweet that he's going to, like, take her to the beach and start hanging out with her again. But, like, I don't think that he's made enough of a character turn that I think that he should – it's not it's still not appropriate for him to be hanging out with this little kid because he's still – he might be a better guy, but he's still not a good guy. That's what I got <laughs> All right, that about covers like all our topics. I guess I just wanted to briefly talk about the music a little bit. Yeah. Both movies use music from the opera Carmen, and I didn't really have much to say. It's just that I really appreciated the remake using that music again because yeah. I feel like it's not the bad news bears unless you have some fucking opera music juxtaposition over the terrible ball playing of the bad news bears. I, yeah, I like I like that juxtaposition. I really enjoyed it in the first film. Um, a very interesting soundtrack for the type of film it is. And I think that it, it's great, and I'm glad they stuck with it as well. So is there anything else you want to talk about, Reggie, or should we just get to our verdicts here? I think this is a good time to get to the verdicts because when it comes to the film, I felt that we landed a lot of the messaging that we needed to. We need to talk about the difference between the Buttermakers, the Amanda character, and just the teams in general. And we talked a lot about the tone. So mm-hmm. there's really not much more to say because when when you break down past that they're more or less the same film with just a few differences in how they hit the beats so with that reggie should the remake bad news bears exist i don't know if we're both on the same page about this but i'll I'll say this i think because billy bob thornton is so charismatic and because they land a lot of jokes and make the movie while hitting a lot of the same parameters, like it's clearly the Bad News Bears film repackaged, the jokes shine. There's some cheap ones, there's some low-hanging fruit, like you mentioned, but I liked how charismatic Billy Bob Thornton was. 
it does slightly change the film, but um, because it does change the film in that way, I think that the remake should exist with the caveat that they should have probably branched out in some spaces to make it fit the movie they actually made instead of trying to shoehorn in these jokes into this old script because uh, some things don't land properly because the tone has shifted. So it's not the same film. They shouldn't try to just do the same film. But I think it did enough and it did enough in the same vein uh, while modernizing it that I felt this should exist. Um, I don't have any major overarching problems with the film. So I got no problem with it existing. Not to say it's my favorite film, but it works, more or less. All right, so I told you uh, before we started recording this podcast, I was still on the fence. I had no idea which way I was going to go with this. I was leaning one way. We had a pretty in-depth discussion. We ripped on the remake a lot. <laughs> sure. But uh, I made my decision, and I'm with you. I think the remake should exist. I was surprised with your verdict. I thought you were going to say no. But I, I was really thinking about it, and... Like I said to you before we started recording, it's uh, they're both comedies, and a lot of those jokes uh, in the remake, they, they landed with me. There's a yeah. lot more of those jokes. I think the original is a much better film overall with what it does. I think the remake plays it maybe a little too safe by not really deviating from the formula. Sure, it maybe says some more racy jokes of our time, but you know they didn't really try to develop the characters anymore. They didn't try to go anywhere really different with the characters except maybe making Buttermaker more of a ladies man but you know I had a good time watching the remake I didn't hate it and I was laughing a lot I think I was laughing a lot more actually than the original which isn't to say that it's the better film like I said I think the original overall is better but I still had a really good time watching the remake and I think this is a kids film I think kids are really going to enjoy the remake too just because there are more of those jokes you know the old the more uh, adult humor is going to go over their heads, but there's a lot of kind of low-hanging fruit stuff that they'll get a good kick out of. And I think the original also is just a bit rough around those edges. You know, like I said, Walter Matthau, is, he's a little violent, and that might, you know, scare some kids. While I think the original is the better film, I think uh, the remake is fine and should absolutely exist. I think well said there, Dan. The original film is a better movie. Hands yeah. If I have to watch it again, if I had to pick personally, I'm going to watch the original, definitely. Yeah. Because, like, once you know the jokes mm -hmm. in the remake, yeah. there's not much more to talk about, you know? If you've heard the jokes, and it's good to hear them, and I enjoyed them, but, like, if I had to watch it again, and, like, knowing the twist and where the beats are, I don't need to see that again. Whereas I think that there's a more endearing, heartwarming story mm -hmm. yeah. in the original. Definitely. That's not there in the remake yeah i was more proud of those kids um the way they kind of just took it at the end We're like fuck you shove that up your ass we we're yeah. gonna have these beers and fucking celebrate yeah i was really rooting for those kids in the original a lot more than in the remake i think where that kind of comes from is because again uh tonally buttermaker like you say he's got his sort of violent moments the kids are really the ones that have most of the personality mm -hmm. throughout the film and it, like by that point where the it's the kid's choice to tell them to shove it up their ass. Yeah. Um, whereas Buttermaker in the remake is sort of exhibiting this behavior the whole time. Yeah. Um, and right before they get the trophy, he kind of has this, oh, let's get this over with line. You know, it's <laughs> like it's kind of expected for that reaction. Whereas in the original, like it kind of comes out of nowhere. And it's probably one of the reasons the film 
has sort of stood the test of time because they don't do the cheesy thing where the bad, I yeah. mean, the kids who weren't good win the whole thing. They lose. Yeah. But and- fuck them. Like, <laughs> exactly. Take this trophy and shut up your ass. I like, loved it. I loved it. And they don't do the, you're all right, LaRusso. You know, they don't go for that karate kid. I think. He's like, I'm all right. Fuck you. Shove it up your ass. I loved yeah. it. It's like, it's like, yeah, you didn't want us to play. We came, we played your game. We got to your level and like, we still could have won the game, but we, you know, we basically did the right thing by letting everyone right. play. Yeah. You guys were dicks the entire time. It's such an interesting sort of like, again, it's subtle, but like this play on society where it's like the people that are the bad actors, the real bad people aren't the bears. It's these, these assholes that are keeping kids from playing baseball who have like turned this like basically children's game into like this ultra competitive like shitty thing and then at the end they're like well you know because they won they're like oh well it's good playing you guys you did a great job yeah it's like you know they're full of shit so it's like yeah take your apologies shove it up your ass i know you're bullshit are you i know who you fucking really are fuck you (laughs) exactly it's like dude one inning ago you're hitting your son and now you're yeah holier than now things like yo literally showed up your ass and it's so satisfying it was i loved that ending of that original movie i, I thought it was an amazing ending it's one of the best ending, endings i've seen of a children's film like ever i 100 percent agree that like everything's fun up to that point like i said it's a, it's a little um some things are dated but um overall it's it hits all these very interesting beats that you're not expecting and then that that ending is um, we say this word a lot, but iconic. Like mm-hmm. the way that ends is so freaking cool, and it just there's more ump in that original that you're not getting in the remake, because I think you you've almost inundated the film with too many punchy sort of lines like that. Yeah, that it it doesn't mean as much in the end, and they're not drinking real beer, which. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's a lot of jokes in the movie, but yeah, it does a little. It does take away a little bit from that ending because there's just joke after joke after joke. So having yeah. one more joke is just exactly another joke. But like, yeah. you've I, kept you've kept this kind of like I said, the original just feels like a little more grounded in reality, following the rules of like what would really happen in real life. It, yeah. The remake definitely feels a little more produced Hollywood and everything. So I really enjoy the ride of the original, but the remake was still fun. Yes. That's the takeaway that in this case, like one to one, yeah, the original kicks ass and is a, a better film overall. But Billy Bob's take, his charisma, yeah, the jokes, even the interaction, like the kids. Uh, I don't think we talked about this enough uh, in both films, but like those kids do a great job in both films. Like Absolutely, yeah, except for K- Kelly in the remake. <laughs> yeah, except, except for Kelly in the remake, but he's not a kid, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he's a college professor and shit. <laughs> Fun film. Both of them are fun films. Uh, the original has a better message, a little bit more heart. Uh, but I, I don't hate that they did a remake. Here we are. Wow. I really thought you were going to sh- say you were shitting on the remake so much. I was like, oh, fuck. I'm going to disagree with Reggie here. <laughs> no, it's like the, the things that I'm shitting on are like those little intangibles. Like what makes a movie from being like decent. I would say maybe this is a good film, but it's at least a decent film. What stops it from being great is that some of the messaging gets muddied, and I mm-hmm. think that there are opportunities that get left on the table that I, if they took that extra step and they made just a few more changes, this could have been a great film, a great remake. And instead, what we have is a decent remake that was worth a watch, but not much more than that. I agree with that, man. Cool. Awesome. So we're on the same page. So with that, 
let's pick our next episode. All right, so we just did a comedy, and the week before we did, or last time we did an action movie. Let's get back into a, a drama. I think horror, we can come back around. Oh, okay. You know what? You know what's an interesting one? Like okay. the uh, Vanilla Sky, maybe? I think Vanilla Sky, right now, I think we'd have a pretty good, interesting conversation about that. That'll be a good one, because um, it's based on the film Open Your Eyes, Spanish film, with the same actress, Penelope Cruz, who I fucking uh, love. <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay, so uh, Vanilla Sky and it's been the original in Spanish, Open Your Eyes. You can sign on. Is this, uh, really quick, though, is this the first time we're watching a remake that's not essentially titled the same? All right, tell them where to find you, Reggie. Yep. I'm Reggie Parker. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at rpcomedy, uh, rpcomedy.com. All right, and I'm Dan Bulick. Uh, you could find us now. Reggie, we have... So, Reggie, we have a Twitter social media thing. What do you call it? Twitter handle? We have a Twitter handle. <laughs> there we go. Our, so, you could now you could just message us directly on Twitter at Retro versus Remake. You could also follow us on Facebook at Retro versus Remake. And we have our own YouTube channel, Retro versus Remake, where we post all these. And soon we're going to start posting videos of us too, not just the audio portion. So stick around for that. You know, like, comment, subscribe, give us five stars on iTunes. Any comments helps us out. Really appreciate it, guys. Other than that, thanks for listening. And this has been another episode of Retro, Retro versus, versus Remake. remake.